Everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I am Vanessa Raglan. Hey, Vanessa Raglan. Hi, Cole. How are you? I'm pretty okay. Yeah, me too. Nice. You know what's also pretty okay? What? Actually pretty great. We got a sponsor this episode. What? Squarespace, you guys. Squarespace is awesome. Uh, if you need a website, it is the place to go. It's and an, let's face it, everyone needs a website. You do. Pretty much everybody nowadays yeah. needs I one. I think that's almost true. I think so. Uh, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it easy and fast to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, online store. They support all those things. Uh, it's constantly updating with new features, new designs, and more support. Beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust. So you can really kind of create your own space online. They did a walkthrough with Cole and I, and it is really impressive what you can do. It's really cool. It's super customable. Yeah. Customizable. You That's can do whatever you want on there. It's customable too. You can make up a word. You can do that too. Uh, they take care of the hosting, the SEO, and even make sure your site automatically looks great on any device. So Pretty if you're looking cool. at an iPad, an iPhone, a Droid, whatever, it's going to look cool. It's going to adjust to that. Yep, it's easy to use. Uh, but if you need some help, they have support, which is great. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Super. That actually responsive. knows what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it only starts at eight dollars a month, what? and it includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. So do it. It's just pretty what are you su- waiting for? Free sweet. Uh, for free trial and free trial? Free trial. <laughs> free trial. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com and use the offer POP1. That's P-O-P-1. Like pop my culture. That's right. So squarespace.com. <laughs> I can't talk today. Poles shouldn't have put all that peanut butter all over the roof of his <laughs> mouth right. before we started. <laughs> 10% off squarespace.com. POP1. POP1. I hope you guys will support them because they're supporting us. Squarespace. Yes, Thanks, thank you, you, Squarespace. Yep. Uh, if you uh, like the show. And we want you to so badly. We just great. want your we love. We do. Uh, you can uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That's right. You just click five stars and then write, oh, they're so great. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you can fill in your own review after you click the That's five true. stars. That's true. You don't have to end it with da 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 da. Yeah, you could write a really negative review as long as you rate it five stars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's true. It'll be helpful. Yeah. Uh, you can also email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read all the emails. We'll write you back. And uh, we love hearing your guest suggestions, yep. your criticisms. Criticisms? Yeah, criti- I did the peanut butter thing, too. There you go. Um, and all of your nice words. That's it right. It really helps us feel good about ourselves. We also have a donate button on our website. Popmyculturepodcast.com. We occasionally have sponsors, like in today's episode. Yep. But for the most part, we are supported by your amazing donations. Yes, and we thank you for it so much. It makes the show so much easier to do. Yep, you bet. So any, any amount helps. And we will give you a shout-out on a future episode. Oh my gosh. Which uh, we'll probably do next episode. We'll yeah. have a couple to do then. So. And we've got some good ideas. That's right. I don't know how much. Yes, Aaron Neville might be doing some thank yous <laughs> next podcast. Just FYI. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, it's easy. Just look up Pop My Culture. And Pinterest. Yep. Oh, yeah. We have an awesome Pinterest board that's growing, and it's very intricate. It's really fun to follow because you'll see how much crazy ground these episodes cover. You're not going to find us on Tinder because we're a podcast. Yeah. But if you did, you'd swipe right. Hell yes, you would. Boom. Boom. <laughs> uh, we've got a great guest today. This guy's super, super funny. Uh, he signed a copy of his CD, Everything is the Best. Um, and uh, if you want to win that, leave your answer to the first question on our website. 
uh, in the comment section. It's the you'll hear it later in the in the program. But if you don't do stand up, uh, you're public speaking. Yeah, let us know about First that. First time. There you go. And I hope you're ready to spend a little about an hour with the nicest, best person ever. Because yep, that's what you're about fantastic. to do. He's so great. All right, guys, buckle up because here we go. Uh, our guest today is a fantastic stand-up comedian. He's also uh, a co-author of a very popular Twitter account, Modern Seinfeld. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Gondelman is here. Hey, thank you. <laughs> so nice to be here with you guys. We're so glad to have you. <laughs> As a stand-up, whenever I do a podcast and I get that, such a lovely, warm introduction, you're used to doing stand-up hearing like applause, but it's just like Vanessa's very kind <laughs> crowd noise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, tell you what, that just reminds me. You know my, my pet peeve is of uh, hosts at uh, uh, host stand-up shows? The they like wear jeans and a t-shirt oh, and man. it's like so ironic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My thing is, and so many of them do this, and I think it's just a reflex is they go like, our next comedian, blah, blah, blah. A good friend of mine, oh, Josh sure. Gentleman. Who fucking cares if you guys are acquainted or not? I, I, I actually don't think they usually are great I, friends. I will say it if it's like, if there's someone, because I hosted a show last night and I said it about one person, and that's because like, I was hosting and it, it, he was like the third guy up, and specifically he was like, oh, say I'm from Boston, and I'd also mentioned that I was from Boston, right. so I said like, oh, this next guy I've known him for years you're gonna really love you know what I mean if it's an endorsement right. but like when it's just the person's credit yeah. it's like yeah. and, and also when the host is bombing like the host bombs up front and goes next comedian very good friend of mine it's like well I'm probably not gonna like this guy either <laughs> I didn't like you why don't my stinks of company you. you keep yeah exactly that always bothers me I mean it's just like it's like a stumble word or a crutch in a sense so you don't have much to say like uh, this next guy uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's done stand up in other stages yeah uh, a good friend of mine no just came out I, I prefer that though to the the standard place clubs and colleges all over the country because it's like yeah that's that's what everyone does that's like that's the job that's why they're like here tonight right that's like if i was introducing like a bank teller and i was like they deal with currency <laughs> and transactions all over this bank really special lady it's just the job that's like the the job description right i submit to you this idea for a show mm-hmm. call it like the no nonsense no mm-hmm. bullshit show where literally all you do is the hostess walks up and goes Josh Gondelman. <laughs> and then you walk on. You just side. let them succeed or fail on their own merits. Yeah, and then they come back. I'm hosting the actual opposite of that show. Uh, I'm doing a show in um, Brooklyn scene that I, I kind of put together and helped book. And it's I'm calling it Josh Gondelman and the people he admires. And so I'm just going to give everyone oh. really effusive, glowing <laughs> intros. Nice. That's nice. <laughs> I want to be there. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? Is, I'm just like, hear like why people like you. But then, well, here's the other thing about it though. No one's gonna take it well. Like, <laughs> ha- have you ever like? Comedians take compliments the worst. Yeah, they need them the most, and they take them the worst. Oh, yeah. Where like, I-, I can't do it. I'm I'm like a fairly well-adjusted person. But if I if someone's like great set, and I don't feel like I had a great set, I'll be like, thank you, but a million reasons oh, why it yeah. wasn't a great set. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't ha- stop making excuses after any show, after any performance. Somebody says something nice, I just start ripping into myself. I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, you noticed, didn't you, when mm-hmm. I fucked up and that one? No. Like, it just makes that there's no reason to do that. Mm-hmm. No one feels good to be on the other end. No. Right? It, <laughs> there's nothing I, they can say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shows end up going like, oh, thanks. And it's just it's fun, stupid, you know, whatever. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. whatever. It's trivial. But it's but fun. It's not. But it's my life. It's not. Right, yeah. exactly. I think I, I think taking compliments well is something that I, I need to get better at. That's like a weird, humble brag. <laughs> I get so many compliments, I just go learn how to deal with all these compliments. Gosh, I, next, I gotta get better at I taking them. next time somebody's like, good show, I'm like, goddamn right. Mm-hmm. You got it. There, have, really there are it. nights, like when I feel, but the problem is, I've been out here for a week, and like, when I'm in New York, or when I'm, you know, in Boston, or on the road, you have an, a reasonable expectation where you're like, 
the crowd is this, here's what I'm capable of doing with them. I'm going to try my best. And then you can feel good about what you've accomplished. But I'm here in Los Angeles for a week and I just want every set to be great. So mm-hmm. if it's not great, like if it's, if I don't feel like You're I'm You're not going to get your own TV like show. Like burning. Yeah, exactly. Or even just like, I, I want it. I just want to show everybody here that I'm a legitimate person that they yeah. should be excited to see. And if it's not great and someone's like, Hey, great set. Even if like it was the best I could possibly do under the circumstances, I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you I know, know like, I go home in not, three days. But, so. but at home, if someone was like great set and it was like, you know, kind of a small crowd that, that was fun, but not like uproarious for he's a jolly good fellow <laughs> carrying me out on their shoulders, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, thanks. It was fun. But ne- this is your calling card now. It's like, I need to prove myself. I'm in a new yeah. school. Mm-hmm. I, so what I try to do is go up to the biggest guy in the crowd, make him laugh, and then everyone knows that I'm funny. <laughs> or that he could hit them. Yep. <laughs> well, that's, that's the hard part about L.A. when you realize when you've been here for a little while is the crowds aren't always supportive. A lot of the times they're just like industry or other comics who are like kind of judging and like just – you might not you might have a very tepid, cold room a lot. Mm-hmm. Or I mean there's certain shows that it's always Even great. though it's usually pretty warm in L.A. Right. But strange. the room could be cold. <laughs> right? So like you start to like – you know, a lot of people start to doubt themselves or give up or whatever because they're not quite getting the response they might get in another town where they're just really excited to have yeah, yeah. this comedy show. I mean, there are some places that you go where, like, you expect it to be, like, backwater or whatever, but it's like there's one comedy show a month in this town and the people are so excited Hungry that it happens it. because it's, like, a fun thing that they don't get all the time. Yeah. Right. Whereas like in a bigger city, people you're are like, spoiled here. begrudge it to be there. Like, uh, you're lucky I came to like, your show. That was funny, but you're still not famous. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I wanted to do a Let show here where like, I, you know, if I had a budget where every audience member, I would give a white lab coat and a clipboard to. <laughs> so, so at least that's that what way, it feels like. you really feel like you're part of some sort of clinical study. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> at least that's a good name for the show too. Clinical, clinical study. study. Yeah, I think that's great. There we go. And then everybody just critiques you, and you go home and hurt yourself. Clinical study copyright calls tried in 2013. <laughs> uh, 2014, shit, shit. sister. I'm still copywriting 2013 on all my clinical <laughs> studies. Oh, no. That's that joke. Uh, well, speaking of 2013, you guys, yeah. uh, last night was the technically 2013 Golden Globes. They what hold a them mind in 2014. Fuck. <laughs> uh, It was everything from 2013, obviously. Correct. So the Golden Globes happened, and they got it under three hours. Uh, amazingly so because early on the speeches were <laughs> if you call, can call them speeches were long and rambling or in some cases just slow to start in the Jack case of Owen. Jacqueline Bissett which I, I like crazy. some of the tweets about that like people were tweeting about Jacqueline Bissett all night and how long her, winded her speech was it just took her a long time to get she there she was shocked to win <laughs> yeah so it took her a full minute a minute and four seconds we timed it and when they started to Whoa, you, they, was she at home <laughs> well exactly it's not like she's sitting that far away thing. because anybody who's nominated is fairly close yeah um so, you know, she won and she just kind of sat there in shock, didn't move for a good 20 seconds, and then slowly got to her feet and just like looked dazed and just literally took a minute and four seconds because they showed the replay and uh, we still have the TV on. I'm like, well, let's time it this time and see how long it goes. 
And, you know, they're, this, this airtime is precious. They're trying to get through all this stuff. And what it's going to end up being is other people's speeches are going to get cut or rushed or mm-hmm. presenters. Like, literally towards the end, presenters had no banter. They would just come out and <laughs> be like, that way. our next uh, award is, here are the nominees. Like, they cut the banter, which is fine. because well, That's of what you want painful. out of a show, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, what we were just that's your about dream. <laughs> so, Bissette takes forever to get to the stage. And then when she gets there, she just stands there for another good 10 seconds, like, it's the like watching it is what i feel like scared would happen you know in your head where Mm -hmm. you're like i think that took a really long time and then everyone else is like no nobody noticed you were in your head it was real for her though like that's the nightmare of like what you feel like is happening in awkward moments it was really happening it's like the performer equivalent of the dream where you're naked in school yeah yeah (laughs) it's being completely blank at an award show ceremony where you win and she and then when she starts talking it's just like totally nonsensical and all over the place. And, then and quiet and loud. And- <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. Quiet and loud. Her award speech was a Pixies song. Right. But, then, but then I you know, went back and thought maybe she's trying to transmit some code. <laughs> oh. And that's why we don't understand it. It's she's, like an Illuminati thing. Yeah, mm. exactly. So maybe she did an amazing job. Yeah, that's a good, good spin on it. There you go. okay so she was you know and then like jennifer lawrence won she was pretty frazzled too that's her thing she's She's gonna get used to it everybody loves it right she's gonna get used to winning things all she does is win things i know know. she's got to stop pretending like it's such a shock right now did you win for american hustle she did and then she was basically she said like this is terrifying don't do this again i was like you've won an oscar already this is a downgrade why are you and you fell like this you did fine you got up there get up you look adorable. Yep. Just be you, girl. Yeah. Be you. She's so young still, which I is know. Like she's been famous. I feel like I've known who Jennifer Lawrence is for several years, and she's like twenty three. Isn't which, that crazy? That's super. And she's won like Oscar, an Oscar as an adult. She wasn't like a kid yeah. Oscar. You know what I mean? More like she went oh, straight she to cried the big a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like good in a movie. So she it's, she seems like you know she's like one of those people that's going to be famous forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where some people like you know they can win an Oscar they're they're at whatever age and then they just fade they're like of the moment basically. yeah 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 no but just looking at what she did this year the different kinds of movies and how mm-hmm. big they were it's like oh is she gonna be an good. EGOT candidate down the road I don't know what that means. I think EGOT the is, G is gonna be tough is is a Emmy Grammy Oscar Tony oh I thought it was like gorgeous ladies of wrestling no it's not it's not glow <laughs> I don't think she's a glow candidate <laughs> Um, is she gonna do roller derby somewhere down the line when's that coming into play <laughs> WNBA wait Ega Glammy what's it Glammy <laughs> those, neither of those were words Ega Glammy pregnancy's uh, getting the M- worst of me the Emmy, Emmy Grammy Oscar Tony oh yeah. which one do you think is gonna be hard for her I think Grammy, Grammy. oh come on <laughs> anyone can get a Grammy <laughs> I have three <laughs> <laughs> it's usually because somebody does either has like a live show that they do a recording of, yeah. like a oh. like what we got for that or whatever. Or I didn't understand they, what a Grammy was. Or they cover like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not a breakfast cereal. You were, th- you were thinking of the Grammys Graham again. <laughs> Golden Grammys. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> Everybody had a grandma when they were born, right? right. Emmy, grandma, Oscar, Tony, Tinker Taylor, Soldier. Maybe she'll just like record an album of like standards, which is what everybody ends up doing at some yeah. point anyways. She could be that kind of like famous person where she gets – like Scarlett Johansson eventually was just like, 
now I'll I'm a it. singer. Yeah. yeah. Right. Rasp this out. Yeah, I can Why see not? her getting a snagging a Tony because at some point she'll probably work on her stagecraft and yep. get a Broadway and mm-hmm. do something, and then of course they'll fawn all over her too, and then oh, she yeah. can win that. And, and she'll then. trip and have an untied lace and everything. <laughs> so <laughs> many and so many people are going to TV now. Like yeah. um, that new show with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Or yeah, it's like, True Detective. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which coincidentally they've been running Ed TV a lot that on movie HBO. Is- Awful. It's to, bad, but it's Woody and McConaughey. Oh, to prep so for So they're what like terrible branding. <laughs> you remember Maybe it's this? like a palate cleanser. That's that's like prepping for opening a new bagel store in your restaurant by like screening Schindler's List on a screen. Like that's, <laughs> that's like the worst. Like Jews, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you had a reaction to this. Yeah. Right. You will have a similar emotional you have a attachment. Different emotional reaction to I, it. I actually had uh, a very like beautiful moment with an old friend that I saw a few days ago, where we both Jewish people, she and I, and we both admitted that we've never seen all of Schindler's List <gasps> to each other, and we just like held hands for like an hour afterwards, and we're like, "It's not your fault." <laughs> That's the kind of movie that, like, you see once, and you're like, that was really good and important and strong, and now I don't have to see it anymore. Yeah. Like, 12 Years a Slave. I, yeah. Th- those are my least, fa- like, historically sad movies are my least favorite. They're so hard. The 12 Years a Slave I found to be more watchable than I thought it was going to be. Cause, well, like, I've watched it several times for the love scenes. <laughs> Just God. kidding. I haven't. Uh, I watched it the once. Like, I'm never going to do it again. Right. Well, you know, we finally got around to watching it because we got a download for SAG or whatever. Mm. And because when it was in the theater, we're like, we need to go see this. It's going to, you know, get a lot of awards consideration. And every year there's always like one movie that somehow slips through my grasp and then the nominations come out. And I was like, oh, that one movie. Mm-hmm. So try, every year I try to nip bit in the bud this year i'm pretty close to seeing everything but there's a couple things that could bite me gosh you have a hard life i know it's tough but we finally got around to watching it and then like once it started and we're watching it you know even though it's very like graphic and very you know hard in certain scenes i found it in general to be pretty engrossing and kind of not difficult to watch not difficult to get into no it's a good movie it's just a horrible thing to live through like the screaming all the it was just hard to watch which is what it's supposed to be, I know. I'm having a problem this year, and I don't know if it's hormones or what. I tried to watch, well, I, I successfully watched Prisoners. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. That's the little things these days. You did days. it. You did it. You <laughs> did it. Oh, thank you, thank you. Good friend of mine, but that's a real one. Um, Prisoners, and what was that other Sam Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. Oh, Captain and Phillips, man. Last scene alone. I just, the movies are both good. I could tell they're good, but they're so bad to watch. Like, I feel so upset the whole time I'm watching them because they're scary and sad and, like, you know, not about happy things. And it just feels like, why does that movie exist? That's where I am in my head. I'm I'm so emotionally f- fragile and easily manipulated by movies, too, that, like, my my depth of how much I'll voluntarily subject myself to is like inside Lewin Davis style, just like a glum white guy. And to me, that's like, oh, that's bad. And then you're like, oh, there's a movie about slavery. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That is horror beyond horror. I can't. I can't. Yeah, it will it, I'll physically, like the physical stress I saw. Okay, this is how fragile I am because I'm so used to everything going bad. Like, uh, like the kind of girls style, like everything will take itself or curb your enthusiasm even will take itself to its maximum point Cringe. of horror. Yeah. I, I watched Francis Ha 
earlier this year and was just like, God, when's someone going to get raped? This is going to go south. And like, I don't mean that flippantly. I was just, because their relationships were like, the people were not great people and they were kind of like the, like, that's the narrative that I'm used to hearing. And I'm like, I can't. And it was such a, I was like, my girlfriend was like, what a sweet, pleasant movie. And I'm like, there was a pit in my stomach because I was waiting for someone to hit her and and they didn't. Uh, And I don't know what that says about me. Probably nothing good. (laughs) I think it just says it's a scary place to live. And we're so used to seeing this kind of stuff now, especially if it's like if people are portrayed really realistically, Mm -hmm. it goes to a dark place. It's not like a banal, realistic thing. Yeah, It's like somebody's going to have the shit hit the fan. Right. That's That's why they're acting like this. And they never like no one in that movie ever really did. You know what I mean? Like no one ever hit. No one ever bottomed out in the way that I expected. Uh, It was like a very like um, the. It was a movie about people whose parents could afford to send them to rehab if they had to. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. yeah, there's definitely like, yeah, it, it's, there are movies that come out and you're like, this is going to be fantastic, but like, why am I putting myself through this? Yeah, it just hurts too much. Like both of those movies, Captain Phillips and Prisoners, I was so physically uncomfortable the whole time. And I just kept thinking, why the fuck am I watching this? Like I know in two hours it's going to be over. And it's the movie. It's just a movie. But why am I going to feel like this for two hours? And Ugh. and you know the real Captain Phillips is alive. Yeah, you know going yeah. in. So it's like okay, he I know it's not going to be okay. Through, but like one one thing I thought was really good about that movie is I thought Paul Greengrass did a great job of showing both sides of it. Like why the Somali pirates were yeah. doing what they were doing and how difficult it was for them and how like they, in their village they're really like you need to go out and make you know get, yeah get money or it's gonna be bad. oh and that actor was so good barcad yeah he's mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. But, but tom hanks like you know he's tom hanks he's really good throughout the whole thing but then there's this last scene where you know this isn't really spoiling i think because you know he makes it out but where you know he's like go, goes into like the sick bay or whatever yeah. and they're like checking him out and he's just going through all these states of shock and they're asking him questions and he can't answer it right away and he's shaking and he's covered in blood and and it's just like you watch that scene you're like okay he's an amazing actor like yeah. He's charming at first when he started out his you know whole career and stuff like that, but he's just really really good. He's so good. Yeah, um, I don't know if this is ground you've already covered, but I had like kind of an opposite reaction to a movie where like when I saw Gravity, I was like, I don't know if she's gonna make it out alive, but like artistically, I was okay with whatever happened. Do you know? What I mean? Oh like, yeah. I was like, if she doesn't make it back to Earth, I'm not. I'm like invested in her and I want it to be okay, but like I'm okay with the story going that way. And I wasn't like viscerally nervous the whole time because it was just like, this is so beautiful but visually and I'm so immersed and I, I'm rooting for her, but like maybe her journey ends in space, you know? Yeah. And that movie feels like a different kind of story from yeah. like it's in its own world, like a fable or something. So whatever happens with the story feels less like relationship based and like, like it's going to happen to you or like you yeah. knew them. No, that's right. totally true. I feel like the screenplay. Uh, had a lot of just several pages of just whoosh. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, we have to put a line in. Great view, huh? <laughs> Stop it. Just you know who keep the, it uh, the real villain of Gravity was? Seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> That'll mean something. If you've seen it, you guys. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron did win the uh, Golden Globe for oh, Best yeah. Director for Gravity, which was totally warranted considering the, what a technical achievement it was and yeah. how amazing it was and I was so glad he won it because most of the other like directors were like you know Alexander Payne for Nebraska mm-hmm. and um, I think was the Coen Brothers up I don't know it was like a lot of these movies that were just like gentle drifting character yeah, study yeah. movies that like from a directing standpoint or <laughs> like didn't require the crazy amount of stuff that went into gravity it's just a different right. school of yeah directing. totally and when I watched that movie I had that I mean, I naively was like, 
they must have shot this in space. I mean, I didn't really. No, think I that, thought so. Yeah. If someone asked that at a press junket, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Sandra, like Sandra Bullock, and uh, especially Sandra Bullock, just the act. Like you're like she's in space now. Like she, there was at no point was I out of it. Like this is probably a green screen the whole time. Yeah. I was just like, this is, I'm in this world. Whereas like even watching Nebraska. There was some. There were like moments where I was like, mm, "Will Forte looks bemused right now." Right. <laughs> you know? Or here's the camera. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was a little disappointed in Gravity because I thought I'd be about that John Mayer song. <laughs> <laughs> that and I got there, funny. and it was a space epic, <laughs> and he wasn't there noodling on his guitar like I expected. <laughs> it wasn't noodle- there was no noodling at all. There was no noodling. <laughs> Just things floating in space and going wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alfonso. Uh, there's a couple other surprising things at the Golden Globes, though. Uh, one thing that I thought was pretty crazy was Brooklyn Nine-Nine won Best Comedy. That's and great. Andy Samberg won Best Actor in a Comedy. Yep. Like, really unexpected. Um, and you j- really saw some genuine shock on some of these winners. Mm-hmm. Like, when Brooklyn Nine-Nine won, uh, Julia Trulio was there, who's a friend and stuff. And, like, you, I just watched him, and he looked so shocked like yeah. like he just got off a roller coaster that he wasn't ready for and is a little <laughs> nauseous now taking those deep breaths yeah. and stuff like that and i think none of them expected that 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 show was born fully formed yeah, you yeah. Know? it's like, great from the pilot i was just like i get what they're doing and it's it's fun already yep uh which is great and joe latrulio is so funny there's that moment i think it's in the pilot where he's talking about how he's clumsy and he drops a muffin he's like oh and then he reaches to pick it pick it up and instead of grabbing it with his hand he stomps on it by accident (laughs) (laughs) i like i made me laugh so hard he's so good on that all the characters are good i mean it's one of those shows great roles for women yeah yeah chelsea peretti is so funny uh, everybody in it, like every character is like not an archetype, which exactly. I like. There's, but it's like a take on it. Like yes. they make it, poking fun at it mm-hmm. each time, but in a really smart way. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's so great. And then like, even like the smaller, I feel like they're thinking about the office in a lot of ways. They're like all these little like supporting players outside of the main five. Mm-hmm. are going to start to come in a little bit more as the seasons move on. So yeah. you're not constantly just cycling through the five, which, you know? which is a great like parks and rec thing to yep. mm-hmm. how like you get more Donna and Jerry as the series has gone on. And it's and like, it's so worth it. It's wonderful. And oh. they, and all those characters, like as they get foregrounded, you're like, Oh, they have these whole lives outside of like being the kind of bumbling sweet-natured guy in the office. And they've been dropping breadcrumbs for those lives for so long that you kind of realize, like, oh, I actually did know a lot about that person. Yeah, it's, it's like, really... It's, like, very lovely, and there's a lot of warmth, and and it justifies, like, it justifies how they treat Jerry like you yeah. you feel like oh he's doing all right <laughs> like <laughs> they just started okay calling him Larry yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that was weird at the Golden Globes was Diddy oh my god I didn't see this did I do? just read about it alright so what Diddy did <laughs> what Diddy did he did what didn't Diddy did the puffy story what Diddy did so he was up to present um, best s- score uh, which ended up going to Alex Ebert for All Is Lost. And uh, it was him and, oh, God, I can't remember who else was up there. There's three of them presenting, but he's one of them. So Alex Ebert goes up to accept the award, and he's like, hipster dude. And he like turns to Diddy's like, hey, you remember me? And Diddy's like, oh, my God, and hugs him, and then goes in the back room like, we were partying on this yacht in the Caymans or wherever it was. Uh, and, he's, and then Ebert, Alex Ebert's like, yeah, he came up behind me, and he like unbuttoned my sh- shirt jacket and went, let it flow. <laughs> <laughs> so then Alice Hebert did his speech, which is fine. And then they presented like the next award because it was like back to back, like score and song or whatever. And um, 
And then while the winners were coming out, Diddy started going, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, to the tune of Let, let it, it snow, snow, let it snow. And I was like, get off the stage, you moron. What are you doing here? Oh, it was so terrible. Hip-hop That's lifestyle. so weird. I guess. You do what you want. Great. You present... Grant, you present <laughs> Golden Globes, you unbutton jackets, and you party on yachts. I hey, man, it. he doesn't write rhymes. He writes checks. That's the thing he said years ago. <laughs> that's that's so weird. Oh. oh, John was just signaling to me something, and I just figured it out. Did you guys see? This is totally a non sequitur, except for that it's hip-hop lifestyle. Hashtag. <laughs> this thing making the rounds this week, um, video from 1997, I believe, of Jay-Z. I heard about no. it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It is as good as you've heard. It's better. It's than Jay-Z your and Luther Campbell from Two Live Crew, right? It's like it's some sort of interview and thing. And they're interviewing. He's being interviewed. Jay-Z is being interviewed. And yeah. the whole time, it like... They have come to him, you know, we're in Jay-Z's domain, and the whole time right beside him, like, I'm not exaggerating, are two women just, like, going down on each other, (laughs) and in, like, those porn clothes, just going to town, and then they, like, switch positions, and and he's just acting like he's so oblivious the whole time. It's so exciting. That's amazing. I could talk forever about like the public evolution of Jay-Z and mm. how and rap figures from the 90s like rap famous rappers from the 90s um becoming beloved public icons when it first I mean Jay-Z um like was about to go to jail cuz he stabbed a guy in a club in like the late 90s early 2000s and like it's I'm so fascinated. Blue I could, Ivy has cleaned the slate. Beyonce. Beyonce. It was slate. Beyonce. He's come a long way. I mean, is, he, he was first Jason Zazzle. Well, don't know that. <laughs> Nay, Jason Zazzle. And he was a wedding DJ in Jason, Sarasota, Florida. W- wedding and bar mitzvah DJ, Jason yep. Zazzle. Jason Zazzle. <laughs> actually, he he changed it. It was actually Jason uh, Zabar, but he thought it was too Jewish for the... <laughs> Zazzle. <laughs> uh, the kids are like that. <laughs> It was actually Jerome Zabar. <laughs> Jerome Zabar. <laughs> and he changed it to Jason Zazzle. The evolution of Jay-Z. And then Jay-Z. Jason Zazzle is like a uh, magician name. <laughs> a really sad musician. The illusions and close-up magic of Jason Zazzle. Zazzle. Oh, shit. I dropped my wand. Where's your boy? He like disappeared. I got 99 cars and the king of clubs ain't one. Hit me. <laughs> Smoke. That's a cowbell. I don't know if you can tell. It was a cowbell. Um, also, hip hop. I would be remiss if we're talking about viral-ish hip hop videos. Have you seen the video of DMX learning how to use Google? No. no. Oh my god, it is incredible. He, I really think he's never used a laptop before, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way. Yeah. I mean like he is a famous person. Why would he need said, to? Exactly. He has people doing everything. He said because they were like. Can, do you know how to Google yourself? And he's like, what's that? And they were like, uh, you type your name in. And he's like, oh, I only knew how to do it on my phone, which makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's he, just like the wonderment and bewilderment that DMX sees at Google. It's like heartwarming. And there's also a clip of him seeing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, my gosh. Like, it, it, it's like DMX being a child, like a, a, a sweet child. And it's wonderful. Like that <laughs> is Bjork talking about um tvs have you seen that no bjork in the 80s talking about tvs but you expect bjork to have the wonderment of a child but in this yeah she is like it is the most adorable thing you've ever seen she's sitting there with a tv and uh this icelandic poet told her that the tv would hypnotize her (laughs) but she's come around to think that now 
It won't. Like, TVs are safe because you can't trust poets. That's what, ah. that's what it ends with. You can trust poets. Po- poets will hypnotize you. <laughs> yeah, that's, she was under their spell. That's a bit, but I feel like Bjork would do the same thing about, like, pillows. Anything, like, yeah. They told me pillows. <laughs> pillows. It's a funny story about I mean, back, pillows. Back in my sketch days years ago, I wrote the sketch that we never got to the stage where it was Bjork hosting a talk show where she only interviewed NASCAR drivers. <laughs> She thought it was called NASCAR Pretty NASCAR with Bjork. <laughs> I couldn't get them to make it happen. Oh, man. When you drive around the truck and the cars go smash, That's perfect. Do you feel like your soul is in the woods? <laughs> but uh, wouldn't fly. Wouldn't fly with the group, guys. Bummer. You know what? Yeah, They're about Jenny Anderthals. Yeah, they totally I are. I kept trying God. to like bring Bjork into sketches, and it would never do. I did one that was like her and her twin sister that you didn't know named Smark. <laughs> and Jody. There's three of them. It was Bjork, Bjork Smark, Smark, and, and Jody. Jody were like traveling magicians and illusionists. <laughs> that was called the sister's Gonsolin's daughter or whatever. And that It's was their, like the ghost's no. name in Pac-Man. There's Inky, like Blinky Sue and Claude. Yeah, yeah Claude. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Well, Sue. Yeah, you Sue start with Inky and Blinky, and then it just goes Sue to and Clyde. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they like if they came in pairs. You know, like no. maybe there's more ghosts that just aren't in right. the dungeon. <laughs> so they're like some of the ghosts, like Inky and Blinky. That's like maybe like one kind of ethnic ghost name, and then Clyde and Sue are just like a different it's ethnicity a different of ghosts. Yeah, and there's as also it goes on, you get to meet more of the characters. <laughs> there's like Winky. Them. Yep. Uh, Tinky. Dave. Dave. <laughs> And uh, Jason Zazzle. <laughs> Jason Zazzle. Uh, <laughs> I also have like things that I'll always I always pitch as sketches. Like every time I'm pitching sketches places, I'll have like this one idea that I've never been able to make work, and hope like every time I'll pitch it to somebody, which is just like um, that. Do you know you know the the phenomenon of like inter between song sketches on rap albums like yeah. the intersong mm-hmm. skits i always pitch that every single intersong skit was written by like a sid caesar show of shows writers room <laughs> of like old jewish guys <laughs> and just like those characters is like ah that's so we were inspired by the method man and we uh, so we just thought how funny is that he sews your asshole shut and keeps feeding you and feeding you <laughs> and, and like but everyone's like no, that is a joke for no one. Yeah, my I friend want to Henry write for and I. Wiz Khalifa. He's got a K in his name, and K's a funny. K is a funny letter. It's a funny Wiz. Letter. Nobody beats the Wiz Khalifa. Put that on the album. <laughs> my friend Henry and I have tried to pitch this sketch a bunch of times that has a similar reaction, except for I think even a little angrier of like a bunch of really boring white people are the Tyler Pack- Perry name generator factory, uh. and they just keep like penny for your thoughts. And like pitching, like it's a girl named Penny who's a psychic, and, <laughs> and it just goes around the room, TMZ style, sort of. That's mm. so funny. Like, I yeah. I love all those things where it's like um, naked truth, and it's about a stripper named exactly. Truth. Right? Yeah, she's a stripper from the wrong side of town with the right kind of heart. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. like, did you just start with the cliche and build the show like, around? So we got to name somebody naked, guys. I don't know how you're going to make that work at the script. Westward Ho. <laughs> It's about this East Coast prostitute. <laughs> Covered wagon sent out for sent gold. Westward <laughs> ho. She's a 49er. <laughs> the 69er. Hey, yo. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, that's like, I think the... Uh, the 30 Rock parodies of those were like just like... Oh, oh. yeah, the Tracy Morgan posters. Yeah, all the movies he'd been, Yeah, 
Pablo um, Ferrer to remember Black. Wasn't one just like <laughs> fat bitch or something? <laughs> Which I think is just such a great send up of that like super literal movie title. <laughs> there, what's the one? He, he was trying to do that Black Thomas Jefferson movie. Right? <laughs> but yeah, that's so great. Yeah, Pablo Ferrer to remember Black is my favorite. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the best. Um, all right, let's, do one, uh, let's talk about the dragon thing because that's oh, okay. too hilarious right. to me. Um, so this seven year old Australian girl wanted a dragon. And so, like all little girls do, <laughs> she wrote a letter to uh, this Australian, uh, like the it's the CSIRO, which is like the scientific thing there, mm-hmm. asking for a dragon. <laughs> and uh, they gave her a 3D printout of a dragon when they broke the news to her that they can't actually make a dragon. Mm-hmm. But she wrote this letter, and it's beyond cute. Which Vanessa, let's do a dramatic reading. Okay, um, she's really good at doing voices like this but i'm not i'm afraid because my australian lady isn't like this and i have to make her younger and everything's gonna go to hell so okay. um hello lovely scientist my name is sophie and i'm seven years old my dad told me about the scientist at c zero would it be possible if you could make a dragon for me i'd like it if you could but if you can that's fine i would call it toothless if it was a girl and if it's a boy i'd name it Stuart. i would keep it in my special green grass area where there's lots of space i would feed it raw fish and i'd put a collar on it if it got hurt i'd bandage it if it hurt itself i would play with it every weekend when there's no school love from sophie Oh my well, god! What about all the time when there is school? <laughs> that drag is just neglected. It. You know what, Sophie? You're not ready for this. Sophie reminds me a lot of Bjork. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was kind of feeling that happen. I just kept going. <laughs> not the voice, just her wonderment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just... they are little sister spirits, little dragon wisher sister spirits. Aww. Dragon wisher. She That's a good have song Bjork. for Bjork. Bjork could get her a dragon. <gasps> Dear Bjork. If anybody could, it's Bjork. <laughs> she was inspired Hello, simply Bjork. by the band name Imagine dragon yeah. she was like yeah i'm gonna okay <laughs> really i'll one up you <laughs> yeah. imagine dragons no i'm taking action I'm to get ask a dragon for one. <laughs> that's so cute it's oh pretty I, adorable i hope if i ever have children that they're like curious and like uh like ambitious like that i'm just worried that i'm gonna like get a little kid that's like this cake is awful and like you're eating a rock <laughs> You know what I mean? Like just a kid that's like so dumb, just like dumb as a stick and I can't do anything about it. I'm going through all those fears right now. Oh, yeah. Because I want an excited child full of magic and wonder and I feel like LA is the wrong place for that. Like I can't let it meet anyone. Right. Your kid's going to grow up so over it. It can't be over it. Like mommy's not over it. Baby can't be over it. And I got to trick it into a lot of things and then I just have to keep my lives straight. Like that's going to Trick it into what? (laughs) LA's tough, man. I see toddlers doing coke off of a hooker's back all the time. (laughs) Comb overs, cell phones. Comb overs. Doing lunches all the time. A baby with a comb over. I don't think you know what a baby is. (laughs) (laughs) It's an LA baby. It's different. It's different. the kids in New York are like, you know, I, anytime I see a kid in a stroller with an iPad, I'm like, oh, oh come no. On. Or just, I see so many babies here that I'm like, good outfit. Like, mm-hmm. for me. Right. I want your grown up <laughs> baby outfit. <laughs> I, the, honestly, though, a thing that warms my heart is when I'm on the subway in New York and I see, like, a parent on the subway reading to a kid that, like, melts my whole body with yeah. just, like, look at that. Like, it's like, um, the, 
because it's such an unlikely place for that to be happening. But the yeah. parents like, nope, this kid's getting read to. You sit here and you listen to words. I almost because I used to teach preschool. I almost want to be like, can I read to your kid for a minute? Like, I, I do nothing of value to anyone ever. I don't think that will be well received. I know. I, there, um, I'm like, there are a lot of babies in my building. Like like between one and four and I'm very friendly with the people in my building, but, it, but it's not to the point where I'm like, you know, if you guys need to go out, like I can babysit. Like it, I'm like, it's still like one step too creepy, even though like, you know, if they're bringing in groceries, like I'll sit with the kid and yeah. watch them on the steps and stuff. But like, Aww. I just, I, I miss like nurturing. Yeah. Because when you nurturing an adult is just condescending <laughs> and that's what I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh, you run well co-run. You're the co-author, co-author of yep. the Modern Seinfeld Twitter account, which is actually at Seinfeld Today. There Correct. are several knockoffs, yeah, running around. It's you got the real thing. I still get followed. Thank you. I still get followed on Twitter, like my, my personal account, by new Seinfeld parody accounts all the time. Like when it first. So this is a parody account. I run it with, with Jack Moore, who. Um, is a, a really funny writer and it's amazing. If you don't you. follow it, do. Well, and thank you. And so we started and it got very popular very quickly. And so there were all these knockoffs. Like I would get followed by modern friends, modern sex in the city. And then it became this weird, like Seinfeld became people kind of latched onto it. So people, it would be like, uh, ancient Seinfeld. I think one the other day was Frontier Seinfeld, Future Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> then there's this one, Seinfeld 2000, which is just a person. I, it's anonymous, and they've given anonymous interviews um, who just straight up hate me and Jack and think we're like ruining the legacy of Seinfeld. Whoa. Yeah, and so they're just like really mean. Like they'll tweet Wait, they've at us. They've given interviews? Yeah, people like Gawker is a really big fan of them, mm-hmm. and uh, they. And so, like, they have a they, he wrote an uh, an episode about Jerry going to the Apple Store called like the Apple. It's like very weird Twitter. It's like A P E L S T O R Apple Store, and uh, like Gawker published an excerpt from it. Like, it's very and they have like twenty one thousand followers just based on the premise of like screw these guys, right? Whoa! And, uh, which is and they'll like tweet at us like by name and be like. Uh, here's an idea. These guys stop ruining everything. <gasps> yeah, it's so. Uh, Wait, what are their other tweets like? Is it, it it'll be like, devoted to hate? It's. Uh, I would say it's like a strong thirty-three percent hate, Whoa. and then it'll be like Jerry J A R Y and Carmer uh, eat cronut in space, and it's like stuff like that. And some of it is really legitimately pretty funny and weird, mm-hmm. and then some of it is very. Um, just like mean spirited, which is kind of a bummer. But, but it like, was formed as a reaction. Yes. Whoa. Yeah, specifically so as a reaction. Guess who's made a mark on the planet, buddy? I, I feel guy. like kind of as much as it's like a bummer, it's kind of flattering. Yeah. And that's I, what it is. It's like if you know you've done something that's legitimate or good or real, if you start getting hate yeah, for it. And, and I don't believe like, you know, like this is all for my haters. But I do think <laughs> like, oh, that's like an interesting – I've never done anything on a big enough scope that people – continually will hate on it. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not popular enough (laughs) to have haters. Like nobody, everybody, I I do a lot of stuff for the internet, but I'm not like a huge, uh, 
name and I, so I don't have people that are like trolling me all the time. And I think it's easier cause I'm uh, a guy, honestly, yeah. cause I have female friends that just like the, I'll write this. If, if you publish it with my face and with their face, they would just get ripped to shreds just by like dudes with soul patches yep. and like everyone is fine to me. But, uh, yeah. So it's a very interesting, weird phenomenon and it, it's, it's kind of exciting just that like it's, it made enough of a, a thumbprint on something that people are still thinking about it. Yeah, I'm always like, I don't get trolled that much, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll think of a tweet sometimes, and I'm like, well, this could be borderline. Somebody's, somebody's going to take offense at this, even though it's, I'm making fun of whatever it yeah. is that is, it's not really offensive, but I could see like on some way, on a base way, that if people don't understand the subtext of it or whatever. Well, a that, lot of your white supremacy stuff could right. like go either way. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> people without the context, yeah, I know, without the context, there, people are just like, maybe they don't know how cool white people are. <laughs> But I'll think, like, I'll think of a joke like that, and then I'm just like, eh, I'm not going to tweet that. <laughs> just because I, I don't want to deal with the fall, like, the, the, the fallout's worse than the people that will appreciate it. So, well, it's funny when it comes from something so non, like, nothing yeah, about yeah. Modern Seinfeld is kicking up at anything, though. No. I guess, except for the concept that it's continuing something that people want to leave Excuse sacred me. in a bubble. Yeah. But, um, you I just never say, know what people are going to get upset about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like my sliced bread tweet that yeah. I told about. Like, mm-hmm. I can't what ha- Wait, it. what happened? Um, <laughs> or have you done it on the show? Or are you? I, I have, but it's okay. It's fast. Okay. All, all I tweeted was was basically like, um, I can't imagine sliced bread ever being on someone's best of list. Mm-hmm. Basically, the saying like, yeah, the best yeah, since sliced bread, and all these people came to the defense of sliced bread. They were like, <laughs> oh, obviously, you've never made bread before. That stuff's really hard to slice or whatever. Like, I was like, it was, oh it was God, if I made fun so of the Dark Knight, funny. and like they all like. And I was like, guys, it's bread. <laughs> all these breadheads coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get the breadheads angry. I, I, I try to handle like I try to handle internet beef very uh calmly. Like I've made friends from it before. Like I tweeted during the Wendy Davis this isn't pop culture, but during the Wendy Davis filibuster where she was trying to stop them from yeah. voting against abortion rights, I tweeted sometimes the best thing you can do for democracy is stop Texans from voting. <laughs> and it got a ton of, re- it was like in the middle of the night, but while she was still filibustering, got a ton of retweets. And then someone who I really like and respect a writer, this dude's uh, Saeed who writes for um, Buzzfeed now was like, man, I don't have time for you talking about silencing people. And, and he was like out of context. He's right. Yeah. You know, to be like, to just kind of be like, well, screw this state that has 32 electoral votes yeah. and is enormous. And I was like, nah, man, like she is literally stopping Texans from voting and it's being better for democracy. I'm not anti-Texas. I just, right. it's a joke and I don't have time to give all the context and it's not in the interest of humor to give all the context. Right. And he was like, oh, cool. And now we're like real life friends. Like huh. we've hung out at parties and stuff. Well, that's the thing is like, it's well, uh, your 140 characters. It's, you know, can be misinterpreted. Yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of text uh, there. Especially I think people that read my, people that follow me on Twitter get where I'm coming from mm-hmm. and people, but if, if something pops up in your feed, As you're like, who's this yeah. guy? Yeah. yeah. What, what is, what's he all about? And you don't have time to like, so he's all about hating Texas. Yeah, exactly. I get it. Mm-hmm. I've got some hate to spit at him. Yeah. Like, we all hate things and I hate you. <laughs> Speaking of hate. <laughs> meow. Anyway. Bazinga. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to take us too far. Afield. No, I liked no, no. that place. No, no, there's no far place. So, so you've got like, a lot of followers. On the this. the modern Seinfeld one is like six hundred seventy thousand, yeah, something like that. Eat yeah. that. 
Somebody, I don't know. <laughs> Someone jealous. So that's pretty. That's like pretty fun and that's exciting. amazing. I mean, yeah. Meanwhile, my modern Shasta McNasty account has like four followers. <laughs> if you could you, please just give him a retweet, could, if you John. could get Vern Troyer to retweet that, <laughs> he was on that show, right? I think so. Um, yeah, but that's it's cool. It's great that, that that's taken off. Thank you. And, and it's yeah. so. I mean, it's the kind of thing that if you think of it and when i first started following you guys a long time ago i was like how can this keep going Mm -hmm. and it can keep going well the the thing that we do that's like um slightly off brand for seinfeld is we do way more stuff reacting to stuff in the moment yeah like you know when seinfeld the keith hernandez spitter arc wasn't like something that was happening in the news then it was like playing on a popular guy right or the english patient thing wasn't super english patient contingent yeah um right so but we do that a little more just to kind of put like culture and news in like a under the Seinfeld microscope, and then it can keep yeah because it it's always itself because something stuff. is always happening because we yeah. blew through like Craigslist, Facebook, right. text messaging right. really fast. Well, last night I was doing like I was going through the account with just my Finder on mm-hmm. for things like have they done Tinder? Have they done you yeah. know like going through and it's like yeah you gotta just keep your I guess ear out and your eyes out for stuff of like and let's put a Seinfeld spin on it yeah and it keeps working it's, it's fun so to beloved. do yeah. well, and it's it's not uh th- there's such a strong voice on the original show that it's so fun to write like who wouldn't want to write for George Costanza like, yeah what a right. joy to get to do that and to get to do it in like a very hope like you know just that we're paying homage to this show that's so great yeah and and that it was so indelible that like it can still like what would george costanza think about tinder is like a a very there there's so much there that you can answer that question in a way that like feels true to the original material and you did the perfect thing what is it he swipes right for everyone Mm -hmm. and how did it end it was so well written over swiper or something that's very funny jack wrote that one oh because it's like and uh what if you don't like them well if they're like me i could i could get there or something yeah yeah just it's so good i just butchered it which is a very george costanza trait to be attracted to someone just just because they like you (laughs) isn't that enough well (laughs) since we're in the seinfeld realm uh, we'll get to first and second but let's do my questions oh that's a great idea um so, for my little question segment, uh, we're going to do a Seinfeld supporting players quiz. Oh, man. Uh, let's see how you do. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I'll give clues if you question can. Question one. Thank you. Uh, Jay Peterman, played by John O'Hurley, mm-hmm. once fired Elaine for her dislike of what movie? Oh, my gosh. You were just talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it? it was English Patient, right? Yes. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just die already. <laughs> uh, question two Kenny Banya played by Steve Hittner is considered a hack by Jerry and other comedians his act largely revolves around what product Ovaltine yeah I, I killed Jerry <laughs> I killed. that's that's a thing uh, we get tw- that like when people like uh, tweets we get that tweeted at us so much it's gold Jerry gold <laughs> which is so fun Alright, question three. Ruthie Cohen, played by Ruth Cohen, is the cashier at Monk's Cafe. George once accused her of stealing what from him? Oh, this one I'm like, I have no... What kind of money is more than a $10 bill? Wow, great clue. A tw- $20? Yep, $20 bill. <laughs> great Thank you, Vanessa. Clue. You're welcome. I'm a Riddler. <laughs> I love that character of just like, what's big and you live in it. <laughs> A house? Yeah. Cross the bridge. Uh, <laughs> you may enter. 
<laughs> so everybody gets in, you'd be surprised. Yeah, it's like, well, there's kind of a line. <laughs> that would be so great, a club where the bouncer just told riddles. <laughs> You're not on the list. Answer my questions three. <laughs> what laces up your shoes? <laughs> Shoelaces? Everybody in the club get tipsy. <laughs> I motioned, like, go into the club. You may go in. <laughs> Yo, there's this hot DJ in there, you guys. What's well, got three, le- four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs at night? The answer is man. Thank you. Move on. <laughs> Ew. Uh, That's not a gross one. <laughs> question four. Newman. Newman, played by Wayne Knight, has a strong distaste for what food item? I'm, I'm honestly, I'm staggeringly poorly versed in like the, the trivia stuff. What's green and it looks like a little tree? Broccoli. <laughs> oh, that? yeah, yeah. That character. It's a vile weed, he calls it. <laughs> uh, question five. Susan Ross, played by Heidi Swidberg, was George's fiance who meets an unusual demise. What causes her? Death? Oh, she died from using, uh, licking substandard stamp glue on the invitations. There you Woo! go. What a, I wonder what that was like in the writer's room. <laughs> I know. That's so dark. That's yeah. so dark. I, I remember like when that aired, I was pretty young and I was like, whoa, like this is a comedy. They yeah. went there. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like kind of without explanation or apology. Or sentiment. Just, yeah. They're yep. just like, yeah, this guy's the worst. We're this done. is the kind of thing he yeah. would do. You're, yeah. You're done. Good day, sir. <laughs> I can't imagine getting that script and being like, well, yeah. Wait, so what? Wait, what happens to my character? Mm-hmm. No, you're dead. Oh yeah, you die of stamp. <laughs> you mean like I get sick and like and there's redemption? No, 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 no redemption. No, you, just, you die. Or like a coma what, kind of story. Yeah, what oh, do you think this no. is? Home improvement. <laughs> die. You're not coming out of a coma. This is Seinfeld. <laughs> Question six. David Putty, played by Patrick Warburton, is Elaine's on again, off again boyfriend. He loves what fast food chain? Oh man. Horsey sauce. Is that Arby's? Yeah. I'm thinking Arby's. <laughs> uh, he's great. He's, I, I like him. I, I thought the live action The Tick was so much fun. He's with fantastic. Him. He's so good. And he's a babe. Yep. I wonder God, if he's still he's a babe. I feel like he would always be a babe to me for yeah, that. We'll get him on the show. You're always a babe to me. <laughs> That's, um, I'm a real romantic. Also, I bet, he could, I bet he's, uh could age into being like a great silver fox. Oh, yeah. Warburton. Unless he went totally bald, which I feel like he might have. You think yeah. so? I don't think so. Well, let's get him on the show. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Question seven. Mr. Lippman, played by Harris Shore and Richard Fancy, is Elaine's boss at Pendant Publishing who opens a bakery called what? Ooh, this one I that didn't help. Sounds very it did um, not. If you're Irish, that oh, oh, is the top of the muffin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top of the muffin. I forgot that that was him. Oh, too good. Uh, question eight, Russell Dalrymple, played by Bob Balaban, is the president of NBC who, to impress Elaine, quits his job and joins what? We're going to save the whales. Greenpeace? Yeah. Yes. Your clues are great. That was a great clue. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> they're, they're only getting, they're getting more subtle, but still evocative. Thank you. He gets lost I at love sea. clue giving. <laughs> he gets lost at sea after going after a whaling ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, question nine, Rusty, played by John Grease, is a homeless man hired by Kramer and Newman for what short-lived venture? Oh, he was pulling people on rickshaws, yeah. right? That's what it was. <laughs> That's, that to me is like, that, remember... I think it was last year, maybe the year before, at South by Southwest, where they were paying homeless people to yep. be Wi-Fi hotspots. Uh, that's I did like, not know that happened. That is exactly the same. <laughs> wait, the same that really group. happened? Yeah. They were also paying homeless people to go wait in line at the Apple store for the 5S when it oh, came out. Oh, yeah. 
That's to be so Wi-Fi hotspots. Yeah, they would like give them like a, a backpack with like a wireless transmitter in it, and then so there would be Wi-Fi at all these different parts of South by Southwest. I believe was the case, Whoa. and uh, yeah, which is like exactly the same as this thing that Kramer and Newman did. That you're like, no one would ever. <laughs> like ten years later, yeah, like. Would. Ten years later, the world is as nihilistic as the fake New York from Seinfeld. I think I'm going to call South by Southwest home by homeless from now on. <laughs> you guys, Patrick Warburton looks good. Does he? He's thickened up. That's but all right. But he's got all of his hair. It's not silver yet, but I agree that would look great. He looks very groomed. Okay. And finally, <laughs> question 10. This is a bit of a gimme. The Soup Nazi, played by Larry Thomas, is famous for what catchphrase? Oh, no soup for you. There you go. It's not what you think. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Don't go to the obvious place. It's actually Waka Waka Waka. Yeah. I know that. Um, Real fans know. I will let's do firsts, and then yeah. we'll do your question, Vanessa. We do different firsts every podcast. Cool. This one is, what was the first time you can remember doing stand-up or speaking in public? But you've done stand-up, so you can answer this question. Sure. Well, the first time I ever did stand-up, and I never think about this, I did, in my junior year in high school, we did a... Um, uh, we had to do a research paper, and mine was about uh, like humor being uh, the physical benefits of humor and laughter. And as part of my uh, a part of my presentation or part of the paper, I did like a very poorly controlled study where I handed out a survey and had my classmates answer it before and after I did a five minute stand up set in my eleventh uh, grade English Whoa. class, and it was super Seinfeldy. It was like uh, it was about going to uh, about me being really mad because I went to a pizza place and the drinks were only medium and large and i was basically just like well it's small there's no medium it's small and large two sizes one small one large <laughs> i mean i wasn't doing the voice but it, which also isn't an accurate voice but uh that was like what the bit the cornerstone bit was and uh so that was the first time i've ever done stand-up what nice. was the reaction it went really well like better than it should have certainly hey, look Look at you taking your own compliment from yourself. Thank you. Like, you're pleased with that performance. I am very pleased with it. I look back on it fondly. I'm sure if I saw a video of it, I would be no, humiliated. No, you never need to see Mostly, that. like, by my haircut and fashion, <laughs> uh, general demeanor. Well, your classmates are here today to tell you about it. Come on, in, guys. I, I actually am on great terms with, like, my high school. I just went to my 10-year uh, reunion yeah, that's fun. the day before Thanksgiving and it was like really great. Every oh. everyone was uniformly worried and everyone <laughs> enjoyed like I, I was I, I was a class officer so we went we hung out uh, and set so you up arrested the hall. everybody when you got I was, there? yeah. I was like, You're under class arrest. <laughs> you have the right to party. Come on in. I'm in the club. Real DJ. <laughs> um, but the uh so everyone like everyone we were kind of uh, like I the other the class vice president was like a guy that was real popular and played soccer and like uh is like a very a very funny nice guy and he even he was like oh this is gonna be weird like we showed up two hours early and just started drinking while we were setting up (laughs) i've got my 20 year Mm -hmm. this will be no yeah that's crazy cool you look great yeah i would not he look great yeah yeah the 10 was fun i can't believe it's been 10 years since Since the the 10 10. that's Mm -hmm. nuts to me uh, okay, I'm depressed. Vanessa, what was your uh, first time doing? I think that my um, ooh, ooh, provocative question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you say that on every episode? <laughs> first time. I think that's the first time I've ever thought about that. Um, well, the what comes to mind is actually not stand up, but before that, I was when I was doing poetry school, as every everyone does. Um, I was writing like funny essays and. I remember like going up to read the first 
one. And I'd done, I mean, I'd done a lot of theater and stuff like that and also comedy stuff, but this was the first mix of like intellectual me and comedy me, which felt very exposing, like mm-hmm. much more exposing because you can't just like write off the other half, which you usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read an essay and had a PowerPoint of how I'm not like a platypo- platypus. It went really well. You know, you can't trust poets. <laughs> you know, they take you. I like the idea of poetry school, though. Like, the midterm is like how many snaps you get from the professor. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Dobie Gillis oh, was good. my teacher. Good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, it was, uh, it was in college, I think, at uh, San Francisco State. They taught this elective class called The Art of Comedy, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Eilenberg taught it. And um, one of your, you had a bunch of different options for your final. A lot of them were like you could write a paper about whatever, but one of them was a live performance aspect, which is you could do five minutes of original stand up material. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like at 9 a.m. on a Wednesday morning or whatever, oh, which, man. as we People all know, is laugh. the best time comedy. to do comedy. Um, so I decided, like, you know, what, what the fuck? Why not? You know, I did sketch and other things too. I was like, I'll try it. I'll, you know, I'll write five minutes of stuff. I worked really hard on it and I was really proud of it. And I went like, there's like five people that chose that. And I went like fourth, right? Mm-hmm. The first three people just bit it hard. Ah. Cause like they, their stuff was just not at all formed or funny. Mm-hmm. There's no punchlines. And, and of course it's 9am on a Wednesday and everybody's in a classroom with a all the lights on. Ugh. Right. And it was a you know, fairly decently big lecture hall with a stage in it. At least, at least there's that. But um, so then I was like, oh God. So then I went up there and I did good. Like I warmed him up and, you know, I got some <laughs> laughs. Through the t-shirt. Yep. And I was like, I was happy. I was like, okay, good. That was a good set. Yeah. The guy who goes on after me, the, who I guess is closing it out, oh. destroys. <laughs> all right. He just destroys. And one of his jokes I recognize. And early on, the teacher's like, hey, it's got to be original material. I'm very connected in the comedy community here. Like, if, <laughs> if you're doing pirated material, I'll know. Mm-hmm. And I'll fail you, basically. Like, he put that out there. Yeah. Right? So the joke he opens with is an Orange Barker joke that I recognize, which oh, I had wow. just seen him do it at Cobb's, like, a mm-hmm. couple weeks prior. Which was just like, it's, it's a simple joke. But all it was was, you know what I hate in the morning? Your alarm goes off? Uh, I just really hate that. That's, like, all there is to it. That's great. Um. So he opens with that. And I'm like, it's a fucking Orange Parker joke. So he destroys. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? I have this ethical thing of like, do I turn him in? Yeah. <laughs> he's pirating material and he's going to get, you know, he's going to get an A and I'm going to get whatever I'm going to get. But, you know, he might get a better grade than me. Yeah. Plus he's doing fucking pirated <laughs> material, which is like the biggest no-no in comedy. Mm-hmm. But um, it's also, is this really comedy in this classroom? It's a class. But at the same time, it's just like shit. So I was like, well, I'm not going to turn, I'm not going to rat him out. The sure. teacher. I'm just going to cut him. Just, but just be, I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, nice set, especially that Arch Barker joke. Oh. Like, I, that's just what I fired. Yeah. He like, just turned like ghost white. Yeah. And then was just like, whatever. But like, I just wanted him to know that it was like, right, that he fucking know. He didn't get over on everybody. do that. <laughs> and of course, I got like, I think I got like a B plus on mine. Oh, and I'm no. sure he got an A. And I was just, I mean, which is fine, whatever. But at the time, it was just like the principle of the whole thing. Like, Justice really, in the afterlife. Really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, um, that's such a bummer. But you know, it was it was fun to try it out in that context, and and what I've discovered <laughs> since then is like I just don't have. I mean, like I'll do stand up sometimes, but I usually do bits when I host things or yeah. whatever. Because you know, being being improvisers, it's like so much nicer to show up and do it. It's not have to hone it. <laughs> I yeah. actually like. I love that at the community and teamwork of like the way improvisers interact. Mm-hmm. And I, I did improv when I was living in Boston. I was in a cast of this all ages show at Improv Boston Theater, the family show, which is still running and it's wonderful. Um, but I just like, 
I really admire that where stand like stand up, you can just you're like a mercenary. Yeah. Like you go, you know, you get on a plane by yourself. Like for a college, I do I would do AM shows in college cafeterias sometimes, and you ne- you never feel less plugged into the world than just like you're there to should to just like talk because they have a budget and, uh, I, and I, every time i do that i just want to be like you know if you hired a guy with an acoustic guitar or just like spent the money on me on pizza everyone here would be so much happier <laughs> right whereas at least improv like if you're doing something like that there's two three four other people that you're like this stinks right yeah, yeah. totally stinks <laughs> yeah and the whole idea is like we've got each other's backs yeah we can go through this together and that's the whole premise of the enterprise right yeah. it's like supporting one another yeah which is nice. Especially nice in this life, right? Mm-hmm. God, when you can't even count on your loved ones. Ooh. All right, anyway. Vanessa, it's time for your questions. <laughs> uh, have you ever met an Olsen twin? I've never met an Olsen twin, but I saw one on the street. Tell me more. Was she a Wi-Fi hotspot? She was a wi <laughs> Oh, you know what? It was, I was a homeless twin. I misheard you. Um, no, I saw her. I, I actually, one day... In New York, I went to uh, brunch with a friend who was visiting town from here in Tribeca, where I would I never eat um, because now the- we up in Tribeca, Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for citing your sources. <laughs> um, and I saw more famous people in that literally that one day than I have total in the other the rest of the two and a half years I've lived in New York. Oh my god! We were at this brunch place. I forget what it's called. We saw we saw Andrew Garfield pick up mm. takeout. Judd Apatow. Uh, and Leslie Mann, uh, pick up takeout. Where, uh, we just missed Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen. we were Ooh. told. And wh- as the weirdest one is while we were eating, Katie Holmes sat down with Michael Keaton. What? To eat, just the two of them. <gasps> like they're buddies. Oh, they're just friends. Oh I think my that's gosh. So cute. It's adorable. I mean, there's a Batman connection. Yeah. I, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> I, sort of. We were trying to figure out how, what it was. And we were, I was like, could it be Batman? And it's like, there's not like a fraternity of Batman. <laughs> or is there? Yeah, maybe there How is. wonderful is that? <laughs> so you yeah, were they meet in the Batcave. But, but you saw an Olsen. On the, on the street the same day. Okay. Walking, like walking past it. Scuttling? Yeah, just like a beetle getting out of the sun. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, if you were to... Okay, so I watched your Tough Mudder video. Oh, thank you. Congratulations on Thank you so that. much. What a good exercise of mind and body and everything. That's actually... I bought these sneakers. Uh, I, you can't see them on the podcast. They're, They're orange, orange and blue sneakers because I did this Tough Mudder. I was sponsored by Wheaties. To, I, I'm uh, probably the second, third most successful corporately sponsored athlete from my hometown. And, <laughs> uh, and so I got to do this thing. So I bought these, uh, orange and blue sneakers to remind me to continue exercising Aww. after I stopped and I have exercised in them one time. Okay. Since that's great. June. You but you've exercised willpower, uh, every day. Just not not hurting people. <laughs> uh, you're, thank you. You're welcome. I think we deserve more credit for that, all of us. Right? For sure. I didn't hurt anyone today. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were to design a race sort of like Tough Mudder, but yeah. with less conventional materials, like not mud, sure. what would that race be? So not Tough Mudder, but something else. Would oh, be. man. Um, I think there would be like more... Uh, l- Hovercrafts? Hovercraft race. Yeah. I would want it to be like kind of straining the limits of like stuff we haven't competed in. More science fiction. Tough hover. Tough hover. Love it. I love to see them on hoverboards from Back to Future. Yeah, exactly. I'm a hover lover. Anything (laughs) anything that hovers, I'm into racing on it. But like all all we do now is we just bring Lady Gaga over a crowd. I call bullshit. We need more hovering. Hover games. For sure. Yeah. The hover game. The hover Wait, what did you say? <laughs> I don't even. Oh, I think I said up our hover game. Oh yeah, but I didn't even think about the, how the good hover Jennifer Lawrence. With Jennifer Lawrence, that. yeah. 
uh, I think that would be fun. Hovercraft races, stuff like that, like like wacky science stuff. Yeah, they should do that. And then think of all the technological companies that would get behind it. Yeah, like it would be so exciting to watch millions of dollars poured into mm-hmm. it and jetpacks. Why? Why have I never had access to a jetpack? I yeah. Mean, and why have we never seen people pitted everybody's, against each other wearing jetpacks? The reason packs. you don't have jetpacks is everybody's houses would be burnt down. There, people would be burnt to shore. <laughs> I mean, there are jetpacks, but like there should be a place. Also, more trampoline. I just place. like things yeah. in the air. Okay. Yeah. I love my dream. I think there's a place you can do it in, unlike Chelsea Piers. Uh, Kevin McCaffrey, who's a really funny comic, and I always talk about uh, just a place where you could, there are trampolines, like little ones, and you could dunk on a regulation rim. I would oh. do that for probably, you know, I'd, I'd pay like, Fifty dollars to do that for a half an hour. Uh, that would be that's great. I mean, I, I would only do it once. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's like that's what I mean. Fifty dollars is a lot to dunk for. Twelve half years an hour. a slave style. <laughs> <laughs> it's like worth it, but you're over. right. You're only doing yeah. Yeah. twelve years a slave is a lot like dunking. Yeah. Is that a uh, <laughs> that's a comment on the college athletics and how the athletes aren't paid? <laughs> <laughs> that got deep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have angered a wizard, and he's going to punish you, but he has one of two ways, and he's kind enough to let you choose which way he punishes Sounds you. Sounds like a sporting wizard. He's, he's a wizard down for some fun. I'm mean, but fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what every year they tell me he's a wizard who's also a third grade teacher. Yes. I think you'll find, or Mary Poppins. Because <laughs> gosh, Gunnelman, I award 30 house <laughs> Either you can only communicate with people who aren't immediately surrounding you by letter writing. Okay. So you can't phone call, text, or email or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can only communicate with people who aren't reading, you know, same thing, mm-hmm. but by abbreviated text messages, like annoyingly abbreviated and Ooh. emoji littered texts. I would, I would have to, I love letter writing. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. I did a project. You did an awesome postcard project. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I did this postcard project where um, I, I wrote a letter to anyone who requested one of me and Thank goodness I didn't have as many Twitter followers as I do currently because I ended up writing like 380 letters, uh, postcards to people. And at first they were all really like long and thoughtful. And then some of them I was just like, here's a drawing of a horse. Send. <laughs> um, but I, and I love that. But like I think it would just be so impractical to live in the world. And I also hate text message abbreviations, but they're so practical. Yep. And I would need to do that just because, like, how am I going to tell my girlfriend I'm running five minutes late? Like, the you Pony can't. Express doesn't cover that. Dearest Genevieve, yeah. <laughs> I have left the store. She gets it two weeks later. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so you went to the store last? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I shall return to you, my love. <laughs> do not give up hope. Light the candle. Put it in the window. <laughs> Uh, next I shall question. Be home before it burns I'm, to the ground. I'm barreling ahead. If you could life swap with anyone in the hip hop scene for a week, and they've oh also become you, who is it? Oh man, that's the best question I've ever been asked. Oh, thank you. Um, just this week, I've been obsessed with. Do you know? Rapid back turn into Diddy real quick. Oh, you yes. know the song All About the Benjamins? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know how there's like a different special beat for the Biggie verse? Like he's so yeah. good at rapping that they he can't even rap on everybody he's else's beat. Gotta be on beat. a different level. Like, oh my god. That's that's the best feeling. I can't. That's all I want. I just want to be so good at rapping, and I I don't rap ever. But I want to be so good at rapping that I need my own special beat because maybe if I get on the regular beat, I'll just tear it to shreds, and no one will be able to use it again. But um, I, I don't know how beats work. <laughs> but that's, that's maybe right. um, maybe 
the RZA just because I think mm. his life is really fascinating, but also Action Bronson. Do you know him? <laughs> no. Oh man, you have to look him up. He's uh, he's a giant fat white Albanian Jewish guy. What? And he sounds a little, he hates this comparison. I'm not friends with him, but he hates this comparison <laughs> uh, where he sounds like Ghostface Killer a little bit, just in inflection. Uh, and he just raps, he used to be a chef. So he raps a lot about food and he's just this big goon. There's like a great uh, short video clip of him. Like a guy ran on stage at a show at Paradise in Boston uh, and he like jumped up on the stage and like started like jumping up and down like jubilantly and action Bronson body slammed him, <gasps> dragged him by his feet off the stage and then picked up the beat and finished the verse. He was rapping. He's like, what a goon. Uh, <laughs> and he's like so good at cooking and, uh, he's just like a real funny goofball, but so good at rapping. <laughs> Would have loved if you'd been like, if you'd chosen like, oh, snow. Snow, yeah. Definitely snow. Just because like he gets to live kind of like a private under the radar life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be too famous for this week. (laughs) But he's great. And he, um, I think it would be fun. I don't, uh, like I don't smoke weed, but he smokes like a ton of high quality weed. And I feel like that'd be fun for a week. uh, (laughs) And it's high quality. Yeah. Well, he, there's this thing, wax. I don't know if we can't talk about this, uh, but it's like, uh, like kind of a, a, it's like the crack of pot where it's just like this gummy THC and you have to smoke it from a special pipe. And that seems like a thing I could get into for a week, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to make that my thing for real but life. But for a week, what an amazing week. Yeah. Right. It's like, like to go all in. Yeah. And he lives not too far from me. So like, he, oh, lives, it's in, convenient. he lives in Queens. So I would still know where I could like, you know, get sandwiches and stuff. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. I like that you're practical. About I wouldn't that. have to reorient. I wouldn't have to uproot my whole thing. Yeah. And neither would he. From no. His point of view. Yeah. He could do he whatever. He could still be comfortable. Yeah. And I would love to see what he did w- with my life. Like I would love to see him <laughs> doing stand up. You're uh, going to come back to your girlfriend and she's going to be like, go away. Yeah. <gasps> We're happy. Yeah. I <laughs> love action happy. Bronson now. <laughs> I was singing and he body slammed me and dragged <laughs> yeah. me out of the room. Body slammed me I off the bed. <laughs> he just has so much energy. He's so playful. <laughs> and he can cook, honey. There's like, cook. He, he's a huge dude. And he, there's like his, uh, maybe one of his last videos that he did from this EP last year. There's just like a scene of him. He's like shooting threes, like making like prop bets on three pointers in a park. And then he's in the same place and he has these little wire rimmed, like, old man librarian glasses and it's just like bicep curling cinder blocks <laughs> in these little glasses that I've never seen him wear otherwise. I cannot it, wait to fall into a Google hole oh, for this yeah. man. He's Good. great. Like Play he's shit. so, so enjoyable. Oh my gosh. This is your final question. So you better hit a Homer. Okay. I'll I hope you best. like sports as much as I do. I do like sports. Yeah, no doubles in the show. <laughs> I have like a real nerd face. Uh, but I'm in, I like, I like sports and rap a lot. I feel, I describe, I self-describe as a twerp because like, I, I'm not into nerd stuff. Not that it, there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Seinfeld originated phrase basically. But, um, I, it's just not for me, but people are like, Oh, like you must like, have you read this comic book? And I'm like, I've read almost no comic books my whole life. Um, like, have you heard this Wu-Tang B-side? <laughs> anyway, sorry. You're full of surprises. There's really not a sports question. I am That's fine. not as good at sports. Uh, I'm bad could... at them. Very bad. <laughs> it's like rap, but like, if you could be so good at it, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to be able to do a pommel horse in the rings. Doesn't that seem cool? And the rings take so much upper body strength. No. Which is, in that, in that Tough Mudder video, they made it look kind of inspirational. There's this part at the end where you run up a half pipe. And my legs were still doing fine, so I made it like up to 
the shoulders at the top. So if I had any upper body strength at all, I would have been able to pull myself up. But they have guys at the top. But who, that man was so nice. They were so nice. It's guys that have already finished. They're not. They don't like work there. Oh. It's guys that finish really fast and then come back to help other people. So they're like they're holding my arms and they're like, "You got this," and I just go, "I don't got this." <laughs> then, yeah, you do. And then they just pull. But then there was I didn't like they just pulled me up. <laughs> like they like he that. could have been saying that to like a statue <laughs> uh, of Rocky. You know what I mean? They, they would have been like, "You got this Rocky statue," and then pulled it up. It's all fun and games. So you cut to a shot of them pulling up just severed arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> <what are> you? <laughs> oh, gross. Um, if you could put the cast of Seinfeld into any Golden Globe nominated film, mm-hmm. switching them out with the current cast, yeah, what film would you put them in? American Hustle. Oh, right. And who's who? Um, it's hard. George but, is oh. Christian Bale. Jerry <laughs> is Jeremy Renner. Um, Kramer is Bradley Cooper. Michael Richards is Bradley oh. Cooper. Elaine is um, Elaine is Amy Adams. Oh no, I'm sorry. Elaine is Jennifer Lawrence's character. And then we need to bring someone else back for Amy Adams. Or we can just keep Amy. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that would Amy be a Adams. surprising casting yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, that's that immediately is what I would say. You did a great nice. job at that. Thank you. Well I think a lot of people would be overwhelmed and frightened of the question. I, I, thank you. I well, it, it's such a natural fit. Yeah. I think I, I think my favorite thing to think of when I was watching that movie, which I enjoyed, um, was that they just had Christian Bale get schlubby for that role, oh, yeah. where Paul Giamatti's just sitting at home waiting for the phone to <laughs> ring. Like he gets a screener and is like, "Oh come on, <laughs> this guy! Uh, why wasn't I considered for this? The uh, machinist! That's what I was say. Right. <laughs> come on!" You did it. You, you did, did our whole you podcast. Did it all the way through. Oh, thank you. you this was such so a great much fun. Job. What a joy. Uh, this was my second bed rest podcast. It, it makes was. me very casual and intimate. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm honored. <laughs> uh, people can follow you uh, as well as your Seinfeld account on Twitter. Uh, Modern Seinfeld is at Seinfeld today, and you are just at Josh Gondelman. That's me. Classic. That's how they can find you. You got it. You got your name. Congrats. <laughs> Not a lot of Gondelmans. That's right. Uh, you can also follow us on there as well. Um, I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Raglan. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being here, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> Be blessed. <laughs> Jason Get in the club, y'all! Uh-huh. <laughs> Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>